Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Peter Schrager joins us as he does each week. Uh, uh, he's on the West Coast this week. We get ready for week two, which began yesterday with just a embarrassing performance by the Bengals. Uh, terribly coached, terrible quarterback play. I mean, just awful. Uh, miserable, miserable performance. But we'll leave that aside and get to the uh, stuff. Because uh, well, who cares about the Bengals? But we'll get to more important things. Uh, what game do you have this week? The Rams? Yeah, I'm here in L.A. right now. I'm at Rams practice. They play the Redskins. Right. It's a cool and, little and, game. And really, it's more, the question is this. It's the uh, chicken or the egg. It, are the Colts yeah. that bad or are the Rams that improved? I'll say probably somewhere in between because the Colts, without luck, are probably as bad a team as there is in the league. I spoke to a, a head coach during the week, and he said, Jets, Colts, and Niners, and it's a race to Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen between those three until luck gets back. Well, how about it, this, though? You just brought up something, a race. I believe, and, I, and, and luck had a deal with this this week, and we talked about it on the show, and we kind of just talked about it as an aside, but I can see a scenario now. If they, if Luck is out five or six weeks, which they're saying now is probably going to happen, and they decide not to bring him back this year because they're already 0-6 or something, and they wind up with the first, second pick right around there, they have the first, second pick. They could turn around. Someone like the Niners could turn around and say, hey, we'll give you this bucket load of picks to let Luck come home to the farm where he went to the school at Stanford uh, let him come with our young coach, and you can go draft a quarterback and also take this bucket load of picks. They're $70 million under the cap, the Niners. They could actually afford his contract, you know, may, and maybe he's tired of the ineptitude with the Colts. That's not, a, that's not an outrageous scenario. It's not, and the, the issue is this, though. Last year he signed a five-year, $120 million deal right. to stay. So you have that hefty price tag. Or the Niners? Now look, the Niners know, could afford them, though. They could afford them. They could. They could afford them. Are you gonna? They've built this thing where they're all set up for the future. Do you go and you buy and you go and get an Andrew? Look, now it could be similar to what the Saints did and said. You know what? We don't care that Drew Brees' sh- shoulder was shattered. We're going to take a risk on him. We're going to go from there. And here he's got this great second career. Well, with the you have this guy who same thing. As long as he medically clears, you're talking about having at worst the second or third best quarterback in the league as you go forward. I mean, at Big worst. Big if, though, right? Big if. if he's, as long as he's healthy, as long, as long as the shoulder's operable. 
But how about the mismanagement of the whole thing? I mean, if you're a Colts fan, first of all, they fire the GM three weeks after all the other GMs were hired. So the top prospect, they get Ballard, who's actually a really respected GM. They don't sign a veteran quarterback to give any sort of insurance. They don't draft a quarterback. They, on the seat of their pants, trade for Jacoby Brissett, who now is going to start week two after learning the playbook for 10 days. It is ineptitude. And if you're a Colts fan right now, and I don't know if there's any in the New York market, but if you're listening and you're a Colts fan, you got to think, how did no one know this was coming? How is this possible? This is our best situation week two. Jacoby Brissett is coming in on 10 days of knowing the playbook. And, you know, the wild thing is they kept Pagano. Look, I don't know if you want to just scrap it all at this point and say, okay, let's start anew next year. But what was the point of keeping Pagano if you already had a new GM coming in? Why not just start anew from there? Plus the whole his, thing is right, Now, remember, his father, Oliver Luck, was in the league for a long time and also is a very respected administrator. He might just be tired of all this and implore them to set him free, uh, which you could do and then start with a young quarterback who's not hurt and go get yourself a bundle of picks on top of it. That could happen. I, I think it's not the way this shakes out. It's not out of the question that he's on another team next year. It's just the salary. Five years, hundred. Well, they, so much money. you have to be under the cap like they are. They could build their team around him. Who would you rather build your team around than him if he's healthy? Well, it's a question. Do you want to start fresh and go with one of these kids? Like, no, would you rather have no. He, they'll never be as good to... as him. The odds are they won't be as good as him. Yeah, and that's the decision. And then the Colts have to decide, are we really willing to trade this guy for a bunch of picks and make it a six-year built rebuilding plan yep. when we have Andrew Luck in the building? We're never going to have another Andrew Luck, regardless of how good these guys are. It's, so, it's, it, it's a fascinating question, but it, 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 and it's something that will play out this year. And Luck even had to send out a message this week that he wasn't angry with the Colts. So, yeah, he, no, he, so he did have to do that. So it makes you think there might be some... Uh, and Pagano's a dead man, you know, this year. When I, Pagano I came say, out. Yeah, I shouldn't say that about him because he, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't use that term with him because he's been ill. Speech, yeah, because he's been saying. ill, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, he as, as a that. coach, as a coach, he is in trouble. There's no question. But, but when yes. Pagano, a week before the start of the season, says, I don't know how Andrew's doing. I don't see him. It's not my lane. I mean, that's the writing on the wall right there. You never say that as a head coach. You're supposed to be the CEO and really the administrator of the entire team. You can't say, I'm not sure he's with the trainers. That's just not going to work. And plus his team just did not look like they wanted to play last week after they got down 10, nothing. They just did not look like they had any interest in playing. And in advance, in in advance of these games, I watched the broadcast from the week before. So Ian and Fouts did this game. They did a great job, but, you know, I'm talking to the guys in the Rams organization. We had a whole bunch of plays for Tavon Austin ready to go. We had a whole bunch of things for Cooper Cup. We called off the dogs in the second half. that That is unheard of for a week one game to call off the dogs when you're the L.A. Rams playing the Colts. Very, very true. All right, let's get to a couple other places where they suffered uh, either some injuries or some upheaval. Arizona seems to be in a little bit of upheaval right now. Yeah, that's a bad loss for David Johnson. But but I would make the argument that that team has been through a lot also. And I, I spoke with people in that organization. They feel confident that, look, they're not household names, but Kerwin Williams and Andre Ellington could pick up some of the but guess who they play? They play Indianapolis. If there's ever a cure for the hangover, it's that. I think Arizona should be just fine this week and then moving forward, see what they do. Now, remember, they're in the NFC West, Mike. Rams are still rebuilding. Niners are rebuilding. The Seahawks don't look like they used to look. They still have Patrick Peterson, the Honey Badger, Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. They're still loaded. They just lost a very key part of their team. Uh, team that I thought played – we're talking about Peter Schrager or Fox. Team that I thought played the best all week – now, the Chiefs, you got to give them a staff because of Thursday night. But the team that I thought was the most impressive on the weekend was the Vikings. I thought their game plan and how crisp they looked. Maybe New Orleans is that bad, but they looked great. Bradford looked 
great. My guy Cook looked terrific. Mm. So the uh, I thought the Vikings just looked like a different team, and they looked very crisp, and Bradford got protection, and he threw the ball wonderfully. They had wide receivers. They had a running back. They had an offense. They had the defense. They looked like a very good team yesterday, uh, last week. That, that might be the best defense in the league you're looking at right there. And, and, they, and they made the Saints look pedestrian, and the Saints have a very good offense. So, it tested this week, though. Are you going to go into Pittsburgh and do the same thing? I don't Sam know. Bradford that's going to be a very, that's going to be a very interesting test. That's the test, and you know, I, Bradford had a little bit of a knee issue. They checked him out. He says, "Fine." Here's what it is with Dalvin Cook, and you and I, I love this because you and I talked draft before the draft, and you and I were so high on Dalvin Cook. He goes in the second round, and people were on Twitter saying, "Oh, Schrager, you love Dalvin Cook. Look, he didn't." Dalvin Cook might be the best running back in this draft, regardless of where he was drafted, and he looked the part Monday night. You had Adrian Peterson on the other sideline sitting there barking at Sean Payton about his carries. How happy is Minnesota to just have this kid? And they are set up with that offensive line. You know, Four new offensive linemen. They told the story last week, maybe you knew it, that Spielman, who didn't have a first-round pick, couldn't sleep that whole night knowing that he, that he could get Cook and said he got up in the morning and it almost sounded like draft day where he got on the phone and he talked to Cook for an hour and he said, why did you not get drafted? Are the stories about you true? Are you trying to sell me a bill of goods? And Cook said, I swear, just make the pick. I'm a football player. I, I want to come. I don't care if it's cold weather. I want to come to your team. I want to win. I want to play. I promise you, you're getting a football player. And he said the kid convinced him, and he said he couldn't believe he thought he was the best uh, running back in the draft. He couldn't believe he was there. Took him, and they said he's been great since day one. Great since day one. And the story goes he was number one on their board, and Detroit was on the clock with number 21 overall. And Detroit needed a running back, and Spielman's losing his you-know-what and apparently was on the phones trying to get up there, and Detroit took a linebacker, Jared Davis. Dalvin Cook falls to number two the second day of the draft. Crazy story how these things go. But, you know, it's not just Cook. They have four new offensive linemen. They maybe have the best front seven in football. They're really confident. I talked to those guys over the summer. They're like, we could compete with the Packers. We could compete with the Lions. And I think they put on a show Monday night. And to do so on defense against that Saints offense and really just nullify everything Brees had, it was impressive, but the Steelers are a whole other beast. That's see, everybody was. raved about the Packer defense last week. I think it's the Seahawks offense. I think let me see the Trouble. Packer defense play against the Falcons at home this week. Then I'll say, then doesn't, I'll be impressed. Doesn't this feel like doesn't this feel like the Falcons can put up forty five points in this one? Yes, I, I think I, I, th- I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I do. They came out slow out of the gates last week, and Sarkeesian only had the ball going to Julio six times, which everyone was scratching their heads about. But now they're opening this new stadium, which I was in. It is. Sorry, that's the practice siren behind right. me. It is, it is like Jerry World 2.0. It is incredible out there. They're going to open this thing up. Great it's stadium. I want to go see it. You know, Arthur Blank came in the studio and talked about it for an hour. Uh, he said it's better than Jerry's, and if that's impressive, if it's better than Jerry's building. It really better is. Better than Jerry's, and, and I don't know if you saw him, not to get into the stadium logistics, but right. $2 for a drink. Yeah, he told that. He talked about dog. that, how he wanted everybody to have regular prices, which I thought was great. I really thought that was a good, a good move on his part. If they signed a deal with a merchant, say it was Chick-fil-A or, or Chipotle, whatever it was, they can't sell it for more than a dollar than what they have in the regular stores. And the whole theory is, look, we know you're going to come to the game once, but if we price you out, you're never going to come again. If we make it affordable for you, you'll come every week, and that's what they want. And this place is going to be on fire. So Falcons came out slow out of the gates. They were kind of happy that they got that win against the, uh, the Bears up in Chicago. But now you've got this real test with the Packers. 
if they beat the Packers, that means they've beaten the Green Bay Packers three times in a calendar year. They've kind of put their stamp on themselves that they can take care of Green Bay. Yeah, they easily could have lost that game because, uh, you know, Glennon had a chance to beat them in the last minute. Uh, so I thought they got lucky to get out of there. They didn't play that well, but, you know, that happens on the road. It happens early in the season. This is a big game Sunday night. We're talking with Peter Schrager. Why, what else is the – what's the – What's the storyline you're looking at this week that you know that you're following or reporting on? What's the what's the headline for this week that you know around the league that we might not know about? I think it's what the heck was going on with the Patriots last week, and if the defense can fix themselves with ten days to prepare for the Saints in the Superdome. So the Saints they've got a short week. I mean they're playing Monday night and they got whooped there. The Patriots are coming off a ten day preparation period. Hopefully they can take care of business, but. This is a real deal offense with the Saints. I mean, Sean Payton's going to have everything for them. So what's up with the Patriots is one deal. And then I think that Kansas City team looked so good last Thursday night. How do you follow it up with the Eagles? And they get the Eagles. And let's be honest, uh, as the story goes, and you probably know, Andy Reid had a big say in the hiring of this coach because the owner was so upset with what the mistake he made, he went to Andy and said, give me an idea where I should go to get the next you. And Andy well, basically had a big say in him getting hired in Philadelphia. It goes so deep. There are so many ties here. I mean, this is the first thing. Doug Peterson was Andy Reid's quarterback his first year as a head coach, and then he put in McNabb, obviously, after that. Then even in Kansas City, Peterson was the offensive coordinator, but Andy still called the plays. Like, this is beyond teacher and student. This is almost like godfather. And right, and Andy got, Andy got him the job. He got him the job, and, you know, Howie Roseman and, and Lori, uh, all these guys, they still worship Andy. They still love Andy. So when Andy was let go or they had to part ways, Andy still has a very big influence in everything that the Eagles does. And, you know, it's almost like, here's my guy. Go with him. He's going to be much better than Chip Kelly for what you guys had there in that nightmare. And now that's kind of teacher versus student. And I think Kansas City looks absolutely loaded. And after Thursday night, you have to think that they're going to take care of business at home in Arrowhead. All right. Who was your upset last week? Who would you give me? I give you Chargers, and if they made the kick at the end, we're talking right, about That it wasn't here. bad. That wasn't bad. I, and, and I talked you off the Eagles because well, they were one-point favorites. So and they it, took care of business. We knew that They one. did. All right, so give me who's the upset this week. Ooh, the upset this week. You know, I was looking at a few of these things. I, I think the San Francisco-Seattle game is an interesting one. I know San Francisco lost Do you think the, the Niners can win there? I just don't know what's up with Seattle. No, they, they won't win really, there. They, they can't win they, that game. No, I don't think so. Ne- I, think, I, think the, I think the Seahawks are 12-0 and 0 in September, the last four years. So everyone's just assuming that's ahead. But if we're talking not straight-up winners, but we're talking about looking at the numbers here, I think San Francisco All right, I'll, be I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. Now, uh, I'll give you one that'll be interesting. If the Jaguars ever beat the Titans and open 2-0, and 0, Everybody had three things going on with the Jaguars. They said, number one, Bortles was going to get bounced. Number two, Marone was going to get bounced for Coughlin. And number three, the team wouldn't win more than five games. And look, they could be 2-0 and after this week. They had 10 sacks last week. 10, Ten sacks. sacks. That's insane, Mike. We've both been, you've been doing a lot longer. 10 I don't sacks. Ten sack That's game. unbelievable. And, and it was Calais Campbell. They've got this kid, Yannick Ngakwe, coming off the other edge. He was out of Maryland, second-year guy. He had two sacks, two forced fumbles. And you remember, with all these bad years they've had, they've accumulated all these draft picks, and they've had all this money. So over the years, they got a Jalen Ramsey. They got a Dante Fowler. These are top five picks on defense, and then they spend all this money in free agency. So talent-wise, they're as good as anybody, and it actually looked good. That said, Tennessee's offensive line is really good. So last week might have been just an apparition. We'll see what. No, we the get Raiders are good. The Raiders are just better than they are. I mean, the Raiders. They the, are. the Raiders will beat the Jets probably forty to ten this week. 
I don't even know what. I mean, that might be underestimating it, Mike. I don't know. The Jets, that was bad, and the Raiders are loaded, fully loaded. And the Bills aren't much better. They tried to give the no. Jets. They tried to keep the Jets in the game for as long as they possibly could. No, that wasn't a. That wasn't but I heard Carolina didn't look that good. Okay, I did the game. I'll tell you this: they did look that good. The defense is dominant. Their front seven was all over San Francisco. It was like a varsity versus JV game. They took the. They called the dogs. It was seventeen nothing, and they just handed the ball off or two after. I'll say this: the McCaffrey stuff is interesting. If you do watch this game, watch how they use him. They had him in the slot. They had him in the wildcat. He was probably in on about 50 plays. He got about 21 touches, and it was a blowout. So it's really cool how they're using him. And Cam's shoulder looks fine. It did. It really did. We talked about rookie uh, running backs. They had a big impact in week one. Cook, Fournette, McCaffrey didn't really get going yet. Uh, Hunt. Yeah, Hunt had a great game one. A lot of rookie uh, running backs having big, big impacts around the league. No question. And there's – there's this fun one out in Chicago. I don't know if you got a chance to watch him. Tariq Cohen. No, he was great North in that Ter- game. He, he made <laughs> some big plays in that game. He really did. Mike, he's five. He's listed at 5'7". I did the NFL PA Bowl, which is like a nothing bowl game. It's like the Senior Bowl light. He was in it. He's really about 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. And he was all over the field against the Falcons. And they almost kept him hidden and stashed away during the preseason. But he's a big offensive piece, too. The, the running back deal is interesting because – this offseason, you had Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles and Eddie Lacy, and all these guys are signing. Just go to the draft. The young legs are doing it. And Dalvin Cook was awesome. Fournette was awesome. McCaffrey was great. The young running backs is a real theme this year. All right, listen, I got It's obligatory. I got to ask the obligatory Beckham question. What do you, uh, I mean, and I have obviously. We'll do more on that as the day goes on. But what? What do you? I know you're far away, but what do you hear yeah, about Beckham? I think I think he's gonna play. I think he's going to play. I, I actually was wrong last week. I saw it Monday morning. Yeah, he was no Sunday, way. You know, when we, yeah, there was no way that, he was right? playing. He, he was, uh, I mean, you know, you, uh, the guy we put on who does our injury stuff, who's yeah. uh, Doc O'Brien said no way he would play last week, and, and he knew. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, but this week is a little iffier because he has at least practiced a little bit this week. I don't know if he he'll go or not. He was out there. He's on the bike. I, look, you, what, 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 what did you hear from the Cowboys after week one for the Cowboy fans? Yeah, what do you think? That that was not a fair fight that without Beckham. I mean, that's the only thing, and I like Mike Sullivan, the offensive corner, but if you didn't have Beckham, there was no game plan. There was no other option. Like It, it really made it scary for the Giants that they rely so much on this guy. And as for the Cowboys, they just ran the ball down their throats. They did what they wanted. I, that was not really a fair fight without Odell on the field. All right, so the upset, you like the Niners, which is crazy this week. I'll give you that one. To see Let's if go. they Let's, keep is, it close. I'm sorry, but you know, this is one of those 12-7s, you know, one of those games. Interesting. All right. Uh, see you. We'll talk next week. Thank you. You're the best, Mike. All right. Thank Peter you. Schrager, who's on Fox, and uh, you'll see him on TV, and he's on the NFL Network and everything else.